Well, folks, it's nice to see everybody here. And just before the service starts, we'll maybe start off with some uh, community singing. And we'll turn to that well-known hymn, uh, Hymn 100, O Christ, what burdens bowed thy head, our load was laid on thee. Just thinking the words of some of those old, old fashioned hymns are, are certainly great and mean a lot to those of us who are saved. Only, the next one we're going to sing is When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. I wonder tonight, will you be there? Do you know for a certain day? And your heart that you'll be uh, even gathered with the saved on earth over another shore. One five one.
next hymn we want to sing and this time of community singing is 204 let us let us sing of his love once again of the love that can never decay of the blood of the lamb who was slain till we praise him again in that day spent in vanity and pride, carried not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. The great words in the chorus, mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. It's great to know the, the, the liberty and the freedom we have in Christ whenever we come to the foot of that old rugged cross. Years I spent.
this is a, a favourite of mine, but I, I know it was a favourite of Ivor's. And it's lovely just to see Ivor back at church here tonight. Uh, and this great words in this hymn, O Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story, how a Saviour came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. together uh, with the words of that well-known old hymn 203, Love Lift at Me. I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more, overwhelmed by guilt within. Mercy, I did implore. We'll stand as we sing tonight.
time together and a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that love lifted us. We thank you, Lord, as we come to thee, we come to that name that is a higher than any other name. We thank you, Lord, for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood that was shed at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that living, he loved us, dying, he saved us, buried, he carried our sins far away, rising, he justified freely forever, and one day he's coming, O oh, glorious day. O oh, Lord, we know that it'll be a glorious day for those that are gathered in this meeting tonight, that are saved, that have washed their sins uh, in the precious blood of the Lamb. But we know, Lord, that there may be some here tonight that are still unsaved, still walking the broad road even to a lost eternity. O oh, Lord, this, this is a solemn meeting. We pray, Lord, that even tonight that you'll come into our midst. We pray, Lord, that the hush of eternity might rest upon this place. We pray, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to come down amongst us. O oh, Lord, we pray that business will be done tonight that would last for all eternity. We pray for every aspect of the meeting. We pray for our sister Kirsten as she comes to sing. We thank you for her. We thank you, Lord, that you've given her a new song to sing. We thank you, Lord, for the day that you saved her. And even, Lord, as she comes to sing uh, thy praises, we pray, Lord, that you'll bless even those words to each one that are gathered here. Speak to hearts through that ministry and song. We pray for our brother Jonathan Whiteside as he comes even to open up thy precious word. We thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given to him. But most of all, Lord, we pray you'll back that word home by the power of thy spirit. O oh God, come into our meeting tonight. We pray for uh, those, Lord, that even will be listening on Sermon Audio or Facebook or YouTube. We pray, Lord, that that word will uh, fall into hearts that are prepared for thy, the seed of the gospel. We pray, Lord, tonight that uh, you'll, come in, you'll come amongst us, Lord, and you'll, you'll bless us tonight. We pray, Lord, that even at the close of this service that we'll have cause to rejoice over sinners coming to thee. Bless us, abide with us, Lord. Come amongst us, do us good, and we'll be careful to give thee all the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it's in thy name we ask it. Amen. We're very pleased tonight to have our sister, uh, Kirsten McMullen. I can't see her, but is she here? No? Maybe she's not. Okay. Well, if she's not, she can't sing. But we prayed for her anyway in the opening prayer, so that's good. So, uh, we'll just go on to the announcements that I'm looking forward to. We'd like to give everybody a warm welcome to our congregate, uh, to the congregation uh, that are gathered with us here tonight and our church, and also to those that are listening in on Sermon Audio uh, on Facebook and YouTube. We know this is a very uh, important ministry of the church, and we're very thankful that souls have been saved through this, and we give you a very warm welcome tonight. Um, we also remember that tonight refreshments will be served we can't offer that to the ones that are listening to Sermon Audio, but those of you that are here, I was welcome in, and there's definitely a lot of very nice uh, things to eat tonight, so you'll enjoy that time of fellowship, uh, even just as we meet in the fellowship area. Remember the Reverend Park, uh, as he's preaching at that gospel mission organized by Tandra Gee, and on Monday night, 
or sorry, Monday through the day, the Education Board uh, Teacher Training Day is here in Balamone. Um, we just remember that in our prayers. And on Monday night, we have our session meeting at 8 p.m. Tuesday night, Youth Challenge. Just remember that, and even if you can encourage anybody you know that could go to that meeting, maybe that's connected to your families, well, that would, that would, be, that would be very good. Uh, Wednesday night, just remember, again, the Reverend Park as he goes to Tander Gee to uh, speak there again. Thursday night, as most of you know, is our midweek uh, service uh, where we come to fellowship um, for a time of Bible study and prayer. And the preacher will be our pastor, the Reverend Caleb Park. Friday night, if you remember, those of you who are in the Youth Fellowship, uh, they're traveling to Randallstown uh, Youth Mission. And, uh, the buses will be leaving at 7 p.m. Special topic, um, sounds very interesting, the story of Samson. And that is uh, going to be taken by the Reverend Joshua Moffat, who some of you might know. So, uh, plan to attend and maybe tell others about that as well. Next Lord's Day, uh, Again, the early morning starts off with the early morning prayer meeting at 8 a.m. Sunday school is at 10.30. And uh, then the Bible class, there's a special topic. Um, I would love to drop in to actually hear this. Just talking about this over the dinner table today. Uh, what do Roman Catholics believe and how can we reach them for Christ? Of course, uh, Mr. Greg Gibson is coming to speak. And Greg... Uh, before he was saved, was a Catholic, so he's coming uh, to be able to speak from a from a point of knowing even how to address uh, Roman Catholics and bring them to Christ. The worship service again, normally as normal as at twelve noon, and uh, again, our own pastor will be here with us uh, next next week. And then remember this very special time that we will have next Lord's Day. Um, and that's Remembrance Sunday. There's a testimony from uh, Major David Johnson, which will be very interesting to hear. Um, uh, the preacher again will be our own pastor, the Reverend Park. And this is just the wee announcement that has gone through social media. Uh, and if you do have that, you can pass it on even to your friends and tell them, uh, give them an invitation to come. Refreshments will be served at that meeting and the ladies are to bring uh, a quarter loaf of sandwiches and a dozen and a half buns. I always think whenever you see that, if you want to bring any more than that, that's, that's perfectly okay too. And then a, an announcement was uh, missed this morning, uh, and that's something that we do have to, we have to make a special effort here to, to try and get you all to go to this, because I'm on the, the board of LPBS, and we need people to come to the television recording, uh, and that's on Monday the 14th, that's Monday week, and Lurgan. And we will take a bus. Um, I'm speaking maybe out of turn, but we'll get a bus sorted, I think. And we need 25 people to come from Balamone. And I think that'll not be a problem, but I'm hoping that you all will take me up on the offer and uh, that you'll come. Very important work. And we need people to sit in the congregation so that uh, we can run that program uh, through. And there'll be three recordings uh, there. And so if you can come, would you please put your name on the sheet uh, that's in the, in the hall uh, even tonight. 
that will be very much appreciated. And then another announcement was missed this morning, and Mr. Park just didn't get to hear about it soon enough, and that's very big congratulations to Jonathan Ray on becoming 18. doesn't seem as if Johnny Ray could be 18, but he is. I always, you just think of John being a wee boy, but he's grown up and he's 18, uh, so Melanie and Clifford will have some handlings now. All right, so congratulations, Jonathan, on becoming 18, uh, and we wish you God's richest blessing even for the future. And just once again, we want to thank you for your tithes and your offerings to God's work. Uh, today was LTBS envelopes and the Missionary Covenant, and next week it will be the Building Fund envelopes. And then once again, remember about the Christmas dinner uh, and the Macra Boy, and just if you could put your name on the sheet uh, out in the foyer, um, just to let everybody, we do need to get numbers as soon as we can uh, to get that finalised. And then let the Bible speak. Calendars are available. There's a sheet there. And if you just mark your name down, uh, you can pay that at some time again. If, if you see Irwin or some of the treasurers um, at the minute, you can, you can take, those, take those away. And the Vision mag Magazine, as you all know, is free, so you don't have to pay anything for that. And there's quite a good supply there. Then some prayer requests. Just remember... Our sister Aline, as she goes to receive her surgery uh, tomorrow down in Dublin, pray that God will be with her and that she'll know and experience uh, even the help of God through that surgery and that everything will be uh, successful. Solist is not here, unless somebody else wants to come up. So we're going to uh, go to the hymn 281. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's Veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, whose all their guilty stains. And we'll just once again stand to our feet as we sing God's praises.
singing. We're very pleased tonight to have in the pulpit our brother, uh, Master Jonathan Whiteside. He gets Jonathan and he gets Johnny, maybe. And I get both too. And we've another, we've Johnny uh, Ray as well. So we've a lot of Jonathans tonight. And we're very pleased to have our brother again once more. We've enjoyed his ministry in the past. And we'll just ask him now to come and open God's word before us and record it. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Jonathan for his kind words of welcome. My mother um, joined online this morning and she phoned me and she was all pleased. She says, they announced you by your proper name, Jonathan. Well, our brother's just totally spoiled that. <laughs> but it is, I call myself Johnny. Um, I introduced myself to Johnny, um, but my mother and father still call me Jonathan. So I'm easy. <laughs> Um, I started to panic there. I thought her brother was going to turn around to me and say, do you want to do a duet when the singer didn't show up? There wouldn't have been anybody left in the church. But it is good to be with you. It's a great privilege um, to be here tonight. I would like to thank your minister uh, for asking me to come along and also entrusting me um, in his pulpit. And I don't take that lightly. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, if you could open to the book of Amos, Amos chapter 4. Now it's one of those wee books at the end of the Old Testament, and I always cheat. I always go to Matthew and then work my way back. So if you're struggling to find it, go to Matthew and go back a few books, and there you'll find it. Amos chapter 4, and we're going to read the, the complete chapter. Amos chapter 4, verse 1. Hear this word, ye kind of Bashan, that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring and let us drink. The Lord God hath sworn by his holiness that, lo, the days shall come upon you, that he will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. And ye shall go out at the breaches, every cow at that which is before her, and ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel, transgress, at Gilgal, multiply transgression, and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years, and offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven, and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and want of bread in all your places. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And also I have withholden the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. And I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but yet 
they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting a mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, the palmer worm defarred them. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains, and createth the wind, and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Amen. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless the preaching of his word. O Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this passage. And O Lord, we just, especially now, ask thee for thy presence. Lord, I ask thee to hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray that thy name would be lifted upon high, that thy name would be glorified. Lord, we do pray for those in the meeting tonight who are not yet saved. Lord, you know the desire of the preacher. You know the desire of the members of this congregation. Lord, there's names been prayed already in the prayer meeting. And oh Lord, we just pray that thou would come down among us, that thou would convict souls, that the Spirit of God, even as already prayed, would come through this building like a mighty rushing wind. And some dear sinner or sinners would hear that irresistible call of God unto salvation. We pray in thy name. Amen. Tonight I would like to use that well-known verse in 12 in chapter 4 of Amos. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Prepare to meet thy God. This is a warning that I'm sure many are familiar with. We see this first on the walls behind many pulpits in our denomination. We see it on signposts on the side of the roads. It's a first that has been preached on many, many times. It's a familiar first. And so, this is a familiar, well-known first, but the sad truth is it is a first that has been ignored by many. And indeed, as we have read 
in this chapter, it was ignored by the children of Israel. And in the chapter 4 of Amos, God uses His servant to warn Israel that there's coming a time when they shall stand before their Creator, and they need to prepare to meet their God. Amos reminds the children of Israel that God issued various warnings through various circumstances that they have rebelled and rejected God. In verse 1, we see that they were a privileged people. They wanted for nothing. Bashan was a place of rich soil and pasturage, and the animals that fed there were among the strongest and the fattest, the finest of meat. But they didn't thank God. They didn't thank God for all His blessings. But instead, they abused this privilege. They abused their power. They thought more highly of themselves than they ought, and they oppressed the poor. They were hard on the herdsmen. And Amos warns them and says, The Lord God has sworn by His holiness that He will take thee away for your wickedness, but not only you, but also your children. We also see that they were a people of false worship. Amos actually mocks them and tells them, he says, come to Bethel, offer your sacrifices, and then go on in your sin. Have your idolatrous sacrifices and ritualistic religion, all of which is meaningless and worthless before the Lord. As I was reading this, I couldn't help think, is this not a picture of many today? They live like the devil during the week. They talk like the ungodly. They watch and listen to ungodly things. They behave like the ungodly. But come Sunday, they put their best suit or best dress on. They're the loudest in singing the praises to be seen of others. Oh, they seem to be the best Christian ever. They claim to have been filled with the Holy Ghost on the Sunday, but during the week they never give God a second thought. They would never consider opening their Bibles. They would never consider getting on their knees and praying. And their hearts are of the things of this world and not of the things of God, but yet, but yet, before others on a Sunday... They seem to be that brilliant Christian. You know, there's a saying, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. If it looks like a dog, walks like a dog, and barks like a dog, well, the chances is it's a dog. And dear friend, I don't care how many times you go to church I don't care how much you give in to the church. If you behave like the ungodly, if you talk like the ungodly, if you sin like the ungodly, I'm telling you, you are the ungodly. And all your worship is of man. It means nothing. How it frustrates me to see these modern-day pop stars claiming to be preachers of God's Word, 
And the next minute they're showing videos and living a life of sin. Amos reminds them of the disasters God sent. There was a famine sent that wasn't natural. It was clear that that famine was sent of God. There was a drought sent the very time it was needed most. The vegetation suffered through disease. Pestilence was sent, such as the times of Egypt and what fell upon the Egyptians. War came, and young soldiers were slaughtered. There was a mighty earthquake, and many died like that of Sodom. And each time, Amos reminds them that despite all these warnings, he said to them, and you still haven't returned unto God. And just like Israel, I wonder, has God warned you of late, dear friend, dear sinner? Has He warned you how frail life is? Have you thought recently how close you are to death, how close you are to eternity? Maybe you have recently watched a loved one leave this scene of time. And as you stood there at the side of the grave and watched the coffin being lowered into the ground, you were reminded that someday it will be you in that coffin. And I, myself, when I've stood at the graveside, I've thought myself, there's coming a day when I'll be in that box. Maybe you've been reminded how frail your own body is through sickness and disease, and you've been battling an illness. But despite being reminded, you think, I will never die. It will be somebody else. You know, we never expect to die, but we expect others to die. And death is an occurrence that each man and woman deem unnatural to themselves, but natural to others. We know the other person is going to die. We know the other person will get a disease or suffer some illness. We know the other person will be involved in an accident, but we never think it'll be us. Is that true? Who got up this morning and thought, today I'm going to die? Isn't that strange? But yet, as this day has went by, there's been tens of thousands of people that have died. Death comes to us all. Someday you will leave this scene of time. It could be tonight. Think about that. And just because you're young doesn't mean that you won't die. And think about that. Before this night is over, you could be ushered into God's eternity. Someday, we shall all stand before God in judgment. And each of us need to prepare for that day. You need to prepare to meet your God. 
My first point tonight is the necessity of making preparation to meet God. And the reason why we need to make preparation to meet God is because of our natural sinful state. We are not ready to meet God in our natural sinful state. And therefore, there's something that we have to do about it. The Bible tells us in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, everyone, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person that has been born into this world from the seed of man has sinned and are born in sin and have a sinful nature. And because of this sinful nature, we are all guilty before God. We have come short of His glory. The phrase to come short is referring to an archer. And it's an archer missing his target or her target. The arrow falls short. And no matter how hard the archer pulls at the bow, it is no good because the distance is just too much. The distance is too great, no matter how strong the archer is. That distance is just too much. Every day we demonstrate this depraved heart in our lives. We are liars, every single one of us. We're cheats. We lust after the flesh. We are greedy. We are ungrateful. And before God, we're foul, filthy sinners. We read in chapter 3 and the first 10 of Amos, the Lord says, For they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. In other words, all they know is sin. All they know is to do what is wrong. There's nothing good in their hearts. What a picture of sinful man. You know, nobody likes hearing that. Nobody likes being told they're a liar. Nobody likes to be told they're a sinful creature. We all sort of think we're not bad people. But before God, we fall short. We fall short of God's standard. And no matter how hard we try on our own merits, no matter what good works we do, no matter how many times we go to church, that gap is just too great. The Bible tells us our hearts are full of wicked imaginations. Don't get cross at me tonight for calling you a sinful creature. The Bible tells us that our hearts are full of wicked imaginations. And tonight, dear friend, if you're not saved, and if you want to prepare to meet God, you must realize that you're not a good person, that your heart is a treasury of sin. You know, I was taught as a child in the children's meeting in Sunday school 
that my heart was black, black, full of sin. And unless tonight you come under conviction of this sin by the Holy Spirit, you will never be ready to meet God. And I tell you this, you will never, ever enter heaven. If you're to prepare to meet God, the first thing you must do is acknowledge you're a sinner and that you need saved from that sin and understand the necessity of Christ to save you. Secondly, I would like us to consider the nature and how to meet God. If you turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, probably one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. John chapter 3 in the first one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. In John chapter 3, and in the first 3, the Lord tells Nicodemus the requirement to meet God. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I remember, I have a, an uncle and an aunt that I care after and look after, and my uncle uh, is coming 98, and a great man, uh, I call him a legend. <laughs> he fought in World War II, and a young man, he lost his arm, and, and he didn't believe in God most of his life, and then later on, he became a Christian, and what a trophy of grace he is. And he was ill, really ill one night, and he had pneumonia, and he didn't want the ambulance coming out because he didn't want to disturb the neighbors. And anyway, I managed to persuade him. I got him into the car. And if I'm being honest, on the way to the hospital, I thought I'd lost him. I couldn't hear him breathe. My heart sank. But thankfully, we were able to get him to the hospital. And my Uncle Sam was at death's door. And we got him into the hospital, and they ushered him straight in. And they got a mask on him and started to get the oxygen into him. And 
a young doctor came to him and started asking him some questions, and he could hardly speak. And I was answering most of the questions for him. And the young doctor said, Sam, do you drink? Next thing you see, the eyes opening. He goes, indeed I do not. I'm a born-again Christian. And he said, and I'm also a free Presbyterian, (laughs) I'm a born-again Christian. And this is what the Lord tells Nicodemus. Except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot, she cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a ruler of Jews. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, that powerful ruling organization over the Jewish nation. And Nicodemus had always believed that salvation was to be earned by good works. He probably even expected the Lord to commend commend him for his strict legalism and his religious standing. He was maybe proud. But instead, Jesus confronted him with the futility of his religions, and he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. No matter what good works you've done, no matter what society you're part of or what religious sect you're part of, unless you are born again. You see, friends, salvation is not a reward for human works, but instead is a gift of grace for repentant sinners made possible by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. True biblical salvation is the sinner experiencing a new birth involving the washing of regeneration and renewing through the Holy Spirit. It's not just a matter of turning over a new leaf or giving up sinful habits. It's not just a matter of being outwardly religious. It's not the outcome of baptism. And although all these things are good, that is not the new birth. The new birth is the renewing and the renovating of the heart It is the exchanging of the heart of stone for a heart of flesh. It is for your soul to have spiritual life. It's an inward change of the heart to be made anew within. When someone experiences the new birth, they become new creatures in Christ which is then demonstrated in the person's actions. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We also read in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, that the new birth is the work of God and not of man. And there it reads, but as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the new birth is a divine birth. The new birth is a work of God. And if you leave God out, there is no new birth. 
If you leave God out, there's no salvation. And if you're not regenerated, you're not saved. Yes, you might fool yourself thinking that you're saved by your own deeds, but unless you've experienced being born again, you are not prepared tonight. You're not prepared to meet your God. You see, the new birth produces faith in Christ and a true repentance of sin. Not a repentance that is man-made through music or playing on emotions or dimming the lights or the drumbeat going in the background. Not a repentance through the enticing words of a man. No true biblical salvation is the sinner experiencing a new birth through the Holy Spirit which leads to faith in Christ and a turning away from sin. And friend, this is the preparation that you need tonight. You need a new heart. You need a new heart. A heart for God. A heart for Christ. A heart for righteousness. And the only way you can get that is by God. And I ask you the question tonight, I ask you to examine yourself. Have you such a heart? Can you look back in your life and say, yes, I experienced the new birth. I can. You have heard my testimony. I made a profession when I was nine years old. It was empty. See, no change. I believe it was a parent-pleasing profession. I felt it was my duty. I felt it was required of me. But a week later, two weeks later, I was back to my old self, my old sinful self. Never give God a second thought. And I lived like that for years. I was a liar. And the sad thing is, I was lying to myself. But then in my twenties, something happened. I went to church one night and heavenly conviction fell upon me like I had never experienced before. And God broke me. The Spirit of God dealt with me. And He changed my heart. He changed my outlook. What I thought once was okay, all of a sudden became not okay. And I seen my sin. And I realized I was fire before God. And I got on my knees and I pleaded with Christ to save me. And He changed me. That's the new birth. That is salvation. The only way to prepare to stand before God is by receiving the new birth, by believing and trusting in Christ as your Savior, and by repenting of your sin. No other way. That's it. 
Finally, with this I close. We see the now in preparing to meet thy God. The now. Now. Amos is not saying that God is going to send more warnings. Amos is not saying that God's going to give Israel more time to turn from their sin. But instead, Amos is saying, enough is enough. You've had all your warnings, and now time is up. Death is coming. Judgment is coming. Prepare to meet thy God. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, but now. Now you must get saved. Now you must repent of your sin. Now you must ask Christ into your heart. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. The now. And friend, the ramifications of not being prepared. And I say this with a heavy heart. Is spending an eternity in hell. And God has given a stark warning to the unsaved tonight. That you must get saved. That you must prepare for that day of judgment. And that preparation must be now. Not the end of the meeting. Not tonight when you get home. Not tomorrow. But now. And I have to be honest. I'm not saying this to play on people's emotions or fears because I've already said that the new birth is of God. But as I was preparing this message, I was genuinely fearful as I considered that the Lord laid such a clear and stark message of warning for someone in the gathering tonight, whether it be in this church or on Facebook, whatever the case, such a stark warning, it put the fear of God in me. And I really want you to consider if this is to be your last opportunity to make preparation that this is a deadline tonight. Imagine that. Imagine you walk out those doors tonight and you never get another opportunity to get saved. I, a month ago, I invited a friend to our family night service, a fellow that I work with. This man, he was he's heavily involved in flute bands. And that's his life. And the man coming to visit our church and give his testimony was one of the elders from Kilkay, Robert. And Robert, when he was younger, was involved in flute bands. And I thought, what a great opportunity to get somebody in the church. So I said to him, I says, you want to come along to the church? There's a man giving his testimony, it's all about flute bands. And to my surprise, he said, yes. And even further to my surprise, he showed up. Anyway, he sat beside me, we sat in the meeting, and afterwards we had supper, and 
He said to me, he says, I really enjoyed that. And I looked at him and I said, I didn't want you to enjoy it. I wanted you to wake up to your need for salvation. He went home next morning. I got in the car, and just as I was driving off, the, the phone went, or the text, and it was from this man. He says, John, I, when you get into work, can you call around and see me? I haven't slept all night. I'm under conviction. Can't wait to get into work. Got into work, got him, and we went into, uh, we got a, meet, a meeting room somewhere out of the way. And the man was broken. The man was broken. And I counseled him. And I explained to him what salvation was and the requirement. And at the end of it, I said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to go away and think about it. And my heart sank, but I also realized that I needed to be careful. And salvation is of God. And all I said to him was, you know, it tells us in Genesis 3 that God's spirit will not always strive with man. And I said to him, what if you go out that door and you never give another second thought? And he burst into tears. And he says, no, you're right. I need to get saved now. And there in work, he bowed the head and he asked Christ into his heart. And after it, I want you, I want you to listen to what he quoted me that he was taught as a young boy. The words of a hymn. His parents were Christians. And he said, as he was considering it, he thought of these words, O sinner, the Spirit is striving with thee. What if he should strive nevermore, but leave thee alone in thy darkness to dwell in sight of the heavenly shore? O sinner, God's patience may weary some day and leave thy sad soul in the blast. By will for assistance, you've drifted away over the deadline at last. O turn, while the Savior in mercy is waiting, and steer for the harbor light. For how do you know but your soul may be drifting over the deadline tonight? Friend, how do you know if your soul is not drifting over that deadline tonight? And will you not turn tonight instead and steer for the harbor light? Steer for safety. Steer for that safe haven. Steer for Christ. Maybe we can close our meeting in a prayerful attitude with the last hymn.
just as I am without one plea, that thy blood was shed for me, and thy bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. And why don't you make this your prayer tonight? I didn't pick this hymn. Mr. Park picked this hymn. But why, if we remain seated, and if you're concerned, if God has spoke to you clearly tonight, and you know that you need to prepare to meet God, well, just as we sing this hymn, and in a prayerful attitude, why don't you say, O Lamb of God, I come. and close our eyes and even as we finish the meeting but maybe there is one in the gathering tonight and God has spoken to you and you're concerned about your soul well if you want to speak to someone tonight if you want to inquire more can I encourage you just 
even to remain in your seat. Say to the person beside you that you want to speak to someone and the elders are here, I'm here. We won't rush home. We'll take that time. But you know, as I'd always say, salvation is simple. All you need to do now is ask Christ into your heart, even as a child would do. Just simply pray, Lord, come into my heart. Come in today, come in to stay. Lord, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And trust in him and repent of your sin. Oh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you tonight for thy presence. Lord, we thank you for the truth of the gospel. We thank you for the new birth. Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you that Christ came into this sinful world and became sin to die for sinners such as I. And Lord, we thank you for that redemptive work on the cross. Lord, we thank you that we can prepare to meet God tonight through the work of the Holy Spirit. We, we're glad that we can be saved tonight through the work that was done on Calvary. And oh Lord, I just pray now that I would continue on. Lord, there are some dear sinner tonight under conviction. Lord, I pray that you would call them unto thyself. Lord, that you would apply thy grace and thy mercy and save their precious soul. Now go before us, bless us, and take us to our homes in safety until we meet again. We pray in thy name. Amen.